Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows, and we can't live without them. But we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about balls and explosions. Get your head out of the gutter, guys. We're obviously talking about basketballs and science experiments because we're here today to discuss Michelle's season of The Bachelorette. It's just no place to have your head in the gutter. Michelle, she's a teacher. She's also a baller. Have you heard? She contains multitudes. Wow. I mean, breaking news to me, but I'm I'm glad you let me know those two distinct and mutually exclusive parts of Michelle's personality. (laughs) Here to discuss this dichotomy is Stephanie McNeil, a BuzzFeed reporter who covers internet culture and a newbie to this pod. Thank you so much for joining us, Stephanie. Guys, thank you so much for having me. I am absolutely thrilled to be here. We're so excited. We have loved reading whenever you dip your toe very deep into Bachelor world. And (laughs) to have you more on the commentary side now, we're really excited. Yeah, it is a treat. And I just, side note, encourage all of our listeners to go read Stephanie's reporting because it is fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. I, the Bachelor world is kind of like my side hustle. <laughs> I don't report on—I mean, there's people who report on The Bachelor, like, they're, that is their gig. That is, like, I don't really want to report on it every single day. But every once in a while, I'm kind of like, you know what? Let's write about The Bachelor. Yeah. No, yeah. be careful. It started out as a side hustle for us, too. And look at us now. <laughs> a cautionary fair, tale. Fair a real cautionary tale. <laughs> But let's let's get to the the task at hand. Michelle's second episode. Uh, we're just coming back in after that first daytime rose ceremony. The first cuts have been made. Michelle is recharging in an off-the-shoulder white top and torrents of curly hair, confiding in Tasha over a tray of mimosas and breakfast in bed, faux sleepover style. Uh, it looks 
almost as good as getting to sleep. Not quite. (laughs) But not quite. Very restful, though. I wonder how much sleep she actually got. Probably none, right? Yeah, very little. Like three hours. A nap, a nap of three hours max, unless a full day had passed, which I don't think the production schedule allows for. No, I think she slept from like 8 a.m. till 11 and like by noon they were fully filming. <laughs> they were like doing her makeup while she slumbered. Exactly. Uh, We've got to switch uh, her to a natural look. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Tasha, I love this moment. Tasha advises Michelle that it was on the group dates that she saw Zachary's personality. I'm like, oh, okay, Tasha, you're a real couple. You don't call him Zach. He's Zachary to you. <laughs> yeah. I love Everyone them. else calls him by his nickname, but to me, he'll always be Zachary. And so she tells Michelle, like, give the more reserved guys a chance on these group dates to, like, open up and have fun. And Michelle is pumped. Meanwhile, the men are also very pumped about their new digs. They love that resort life. Yeah. And it's like seriously like noon and there's like, they're like, here are your beds. Like <laughs> enjoy. It's time for your group date in 30 seconds. I love this kind of stuff on the show though, because like clearly they're being given some sort of direction and you can see all of these people who have no idea how to act, like do all this weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, they're like wow. Indian Wells Resort. Wow, have you ever seen such beautiful bedding? The perfect place to fall in love. Yeah, just like them checking out rooms. It's just like, oh my gosh, it's it's funny. They're like, I love the moment created by this armchair and ottoman over here underneath (laughs) the ornate lamp. Yeah, they're doing their best. Like they're about to be probably influencers. So like they've got to learn now. True. That's true. They need to jump into that product placement real they need, early. They need to get prepared. Uh, side yeah. note, I did really think the furniture in there was cool. So if I was there, that's this is one of the about. less tacky resorts, I'd say. Like it looks, <laughs> yeah. it looks pretty nice. I think there was like a velvet couch or something. It was I love a cute. velvet moment. It was cute. I liked it. <laughs> We're selling this resort better yeah. than the men. Yeah, honestly. we're like, I can't believe yeah. these men are just going so hard promoting this resort, which, by the way, is <laughs> Indian Wells Check Resort. Slide into my DMs. Yeah. I'll go. Sponsor me. Um, uh, meanwhile, the men are all not only obsessed with this resort, they're obsessed with Michelle. They've met her mm. for about three minutes each, and they are obsessed. Rick is like, if I don't get this one-of-a-kind woman, my life is basically over. Casey toasts to this being a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a one-in-a-billion girl, which means that there are only, like, three to 3.5 women like Michelle anywhere in the world. And those are going to be really hard to find, the other two and a half of, if you miss out on Michelle. I'm going for the half Michelle, personally. (laughs) I might be jumping the gun here, but, like... I was dying the entire episode about how every single guy, clearly the only thing they know about her is, sorry, things are basketball and teaching. And so every (laughs) single guy is like, she's just such an amazing person. She's a teacher. And like, just kept bringing up that she was a teacher. And I was like, okay. Like, (laughs) you're like, being a teacher is in fact a career, but it's not like an entire personality. Yeah. It's like she teaches. She's, she, that's how I know she's my soulmate. I'm like, what are you it talking about? It just reminds about? me of like, 
I mean, as a mom, I experience a little bit of this, that like the way that we culturally handle women who do care work type professions, like mm-hmm. teaching, mothering, childcare, is to really just be like, oh my God, I can't believe you do that incredible work. Here is zero to $20,000 a year. Um, you're a saint. Like there's just like, yes. they're like, that's all the compensation you need. You're great. Yes. What a well, great person. Well, because they're just doing it. They're doing it because it's their calling, not because of money, you guys. Exactly. And yeah. that's that's what a, a good, saintly woman Michelle is. She is. And she's she's ready to to go on her first group date with Brandon, Romeo, Rick, PJ, Will, Illumide, Casey, Daniel, LT, and Peter. Today's lesson is love. I wonder what the state's going to be. If we knew some more about Michelle, maybe maybe we would have a little bit more context for what this might be pertaining to. Yeah, who can say? (laughs) The men show up, and Michelle's like, I have three friends with me. And they're all, you can see them prepping for, like, they're, like, three hot women are about to judge us. Like, you can just (laughs) see them, like, the wheels turning. They're like... Maybe I'll scope out my next, like, future paradise girlfriend or something. And they walk into the room, and there's just three adorable fifth graders. Yeah, clearly these guys have never seen the show before because this is a (laughs) classic, classic bait and switch. The big twist is when the friends are her friends, you know? Because usually they're like, my good friend is here, and it's like Kareem (laughs) Abdul-Jabbar. My good friend is here. Amy Schumer. Yeah. <laughs> Which really happened. I know. That was, yeah, that was a good one. That was um, good. Yeah, usually it's a celebrity, but I think fifth graders are better than celebrities. Hard um, They're just as funny and They're less much meaner. Much yeah. meaner. These were not her students, right? That was, I, that was a confusion I had. I don't know. I assumed not because they would have to come pretty far. Yeah. I assumed they were like... Are you smarter than a fifth grader kid? Yeah, something? they're stock fifth graders. They keep them in the <laughs> warehouse. And then when there's a show involving fifth graders. They yeah. had a lot of charm. I was very on board with these fifth graders. I was like, oh, yes, yeah. just drag these fully grown men. Like, this is yeah. delicious. They definitely selected for sass. And these fifth graders, Mia, Riley, and Kennedy, are going to be, you know, schooling these guys, testing them on some of their knowledge. First, math. And of course... Romeo is our resident mathematics major from Harvard. I know, he slipped that in real slick. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's like, well, of course I'm doing fine with basic multiplication. I studied mathematics at Harvard. (laughs) Well, fair. (laughs) I would hope you can multiply a three-digit number and a four-digit number together. But me, I couldn't probably do that on the spot on television. I think I would panic if I was on TV and told to do, like, any math. Like, I would just be like, I have no... I would would blink, and I would just have a panic attack. It was something like 2021 times 18, and I was like, okay, let's game this out. I'm going to multiply 2021 by 10, and then I'm going to multiply it by 8 and add them together. The question is, is there enough time Right. I was like, I wanted to know how much time they had to come up with this. I mean, look, on the whole, they did pretty well. Romeo was obviously thriving. Peter, struggling a bit. Peter can't do math. That's no. That's just, that's a fact. You know, who among us? Who among us? 
Yeah. But the final question in math is, how many times is it acceptable to call Michelle beautiful in a day? And Romeo, like, basically everyone says infinity, except for Peter, who says, trick question, it's never enough, which is a Also smart a response. good answer. And Romeo counted the number of seconds in a day, to which I say, Romeo, work smarter, not harder. Like, you didn't have to do that. Next, they do chemistry, uh, which um, involves them following a recipe for love to create sort of a volcano in a large beaker. But Peter decides he he needs to step up and show Michelle more of his layers. And I think we have a little clip of him trying to get Michelle's attention during this challenge. Michelle. Michelle. I definitely feel like I stand out more than most of these guys. I definitely consider myself an alpha presence. Michelle. I'm not just a guy, I'm the guy. And I just know that I need to make my impact every chance that I get. Michelle. Again, fifth graders, no. I loved this moment so much. Also, just I the, the phrase alpha presence will really be haunting me for mm. the rest of my days. I I can't even deal with that phrase, honestly. I just like, I always am just like watching this stuff. I'm like, what is like going through your mind as you're doing this? Like, okay, I'm a grown man and I'm going to make an experiment of a potion for love. Yeah. And he's like, this is not alpha enough for me. I need to make it alpha by also being a sex pest at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Boost the alpha energy by bothering a woman who doesn't want me to talk to her right now. I think what we've learned is that every woman requires a resident fifth grader to draw boundaries for them. That was like incredible. Is this the generation that's coming up? I love it. She's just like, (laughs) leave leave her a lot like no discussion no oh should i be nice to this man the adult no she's like here's a boundary please respect it and peter was like really humbled i think by this it's funny like that's not the only time during this actual challenge that the fifth graders have to roast peter because then he's the only guy (laughs) whose volcano doesn't explode and he's like was there some special way you put it in and one of the kids is like that's the whole challenge you have to follow the directions (laughs) oh my god i that is so savage i just i love that the kids are just like bringing him down a peg it's so funny it's hilarious fifth graders are the perfect age for this exact thing because they're like just old enough to be mean but they're not so old to think that the bachelor is stupid yeah they're just like right in that sweet spot yeah 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 they're like i'm here to do a task but if you don't perform well, then I'm going to say it. They're like, this is, it's not an opinion. It's just facts. Like, you didn't follow directions, dude. <laughs> Kids are Which, mean. Because he's too busy, like, being a weirdo trying to get her attention. Maybe if he had exactly. paid better attention, his volcano would have been more. These yeah. are the hidden costs of not respecting boundaries. <laughs> and this is a lesson we all can learn from. Exactly. And yes, musical chairs. This is where Peter gets really hostile physically towards the other men. He was treating musical chairs like a full-on contact sport. (laughs) Yeah, it was tackle football. Like, he is, like, bodying these guys off the chairs. They're, like, literally bouncing and doing, like, flipping over on the sides because they, you know, most people are approaching this game like what it is, which is a child's game, musical chairs. And Peter's, like... (laughs) 
I will win this shit. And it has, like, the opposite impact from what he wants. He's trying to impress Michelle. And I feel like it just makes him look like a giant douchebag. Yeah, and she deals with, like, obstreperous, hormonal, prepubescent boys or pubescent boys, like, all day, every day. Do you think that's the energy that she wants in her partner? Do you think she wants to come home and be like, Peter, stop climbing on the table. Peter, 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 that's enough. (laughs) Like, no, of course not. Yeah, she already deals with enough children. She doesn't want her partner to be a child as well. Yeah. I also think there is a thing that we see often in Bachelorette seasons where the men almost can't help themselves. And they just get into these intense, like, macho offs with each other, even if they know in the back of their minds that it's not going to help their game love-wise. But they are just like, get into such a hyper-competitive headspace that it very quickly turns into this. And I think that's what we're seeing here. I feel like that's, like, part of the social experiment of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, though. It's, like, you, like, strip people of everything except their, like, most basic bad instincts and then put them in this pressure cooker environment and then, like, their latent, like, misogyny or whatever comes out. Yeah, part of their brain, like, in the back of the brain where that's, like, if you destroy all the other men's bodies, you will have the only woman who is here. Like, that just, like, is making all the decisions. Michelle is not impressed. The other guys are also, so far, resisting this. Like, they're here doing the challenges, like, trying to impress Michelle with their spelling. And Peter is just, like, wilding out and Casey is saying like I can't speak for anyone else in terms of how they experience Peter but for me it's a little bit too much I um, really enjoyed this line and look we were very hard on Casey he could during, still suck he he probably does still suck but I was so primed to dislike Casey that this episode I found myself like huh he had a good showing I, I, this episode. He had a good showing. He is, yeah. like, 36, and Peter is, like, 26. He's more our age, so I'm like, oh, this is energy that I recognize. He's a little more calm. and uh, Yeah, he's like, I think that at this point, it's more about the Peter show than Michelle. He's like, Peter is trying to just, like, take all the attention. It's funny to watch how this is manifesting. Like, in every challenge, he's just like, hey, Michelle, hey, Michelle, did you see what I drew on the board? Uh, I drew a pizza slice. Because I'm a, I am I make pizza, I'm an entrepreneur. God, Does that impress Peter you, Michelle? Peter must have been such an obnoxious student when he was growing up. Oh, my up. God. I can't. Yeah. Like, I the can't. worst. Major class clown vibes, but, like, in, in the worst In an obnoxious way. way. Yeah, exactly. Like, not a charming class clown. Like, when he's doing the pizzeria thing and spell it. Like, in yeah. spelling, th- this is when this happens. They have to spell entrepreneur. And he <laughs> draws pizza slice under it. And is like, Michelle, do you like my pizza slice? Because I'm an entrepreneur. I own a pizzeria. They cut to Michelle. She just literally looks uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to be dealing with this right now. Also, one of the kids is like, that looks like a weird ice cream cone. (laughs) Like, that doesn't look like pizza. (laughs) Do you think his pizza is actually good? We've looked it up. The reviews are great. Yeah, apparently it is good. Here's my theory. He doesn't make the pizza. Maybe he just hired... A really good chef. Or maybe, you know, sometimes really obnoxious people are great at making pizza. 
But so. you don't have to talk to him when you eat his pizza. That's, That's true. the thing. True. That's the advantage. True. True. The last word is narcissist. And Will decides that this is a great opportunity to call Peter out for his behavior by writing his name <laughs> instead of spelling narcissist. And the, the kids, kids find love this it. hilarious. I mean, that was like pretty pretty funny. Like, I thought it was funny. Who I thought knows? it was funny. Peter <laughs> did not feel like it was funny. I actually think we have a clip of his reaction to this. I could care less about this guy to say that I'm a narcissist in front of Michelle. Do you understand how low that is? That's someone that literally doesn't think that anybody on this planet Earth exists other than them. What about me now? Like, what about me now? Like, what, what the f- about me? Now, I, I was making tremendous progress and doing so. I, I was shining in that group. I, I felt like I really was shining in that group. He's known me for two, three days. He has no idea who I am. It's there's like a lot to unpack oh my God, there. There's so, yeah. I, I just want to say that the word tremendous, like after so the Trump years, is like fully triggering to that me. That was very Trumpy. Um, <laughs> I mean, the self proclaimed non narcissist saying, What about me? like four times in a row is not <laughs> helping his case whatsoever. <laughs> How dare you call me a narcissist? How's that going what to affect me? me? What about me? <laughs> what about me? <laughs> incredible self-own right there he also defines he defines narcissist as like someone who doesn't think anyone else exists on the face of the earth which like i guess is sort of relevant to what a narcissist is but it's not uh what a narcissist is as uh our producer tamika pointed out uh it's actually more about having an inflated sense of self-importance having a need for excessive admiration attention lack of empathy, and very fragile self-esteem. And gosh, like, I don't know. Where I don't know I who seen? could, who seems fragile. Who is exhibiting those behaviors? has a deep desire to be affirmed. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't sound familiar. I also Weird. can't let this go by without pointing out that he really thought he was making a lot of progress and shining on the date. Um, he was shining. Which, he was He was shining. Really shining. <laughs> He was shining. He was the shining star. <laughs> like, Peter, you couldn't even make your beaker volcano explode. The thing is that, like, if you were really doing that well, then one guy making a joke at your expense is not going to change that. No. Like, if, if you're really you, impressing you. Michelle. And so maybe you need to reconsider that your reaction is because his joke revealed to you that you're oblivious to how you're perceived. Like, you're not excelling on this date the way that you thought you were. It's an uncomfortable feeling, but you need to sit with that. Evening date after their classroom uh, lessons, they show up for their after party. Michelle, obviously stunning as always in a blue mini halter dress. And she takes some time with Brandon first and is like, we need to talk. Wait, and we need to talk about the fact that Will and Peter showed up, just the two of them, in, like, the most offensive outfits. It's like they knew they were going to be the main characters on the date. They were like, yeah. we need to stand out. And they were, Will comes in with tiger print. Peter is in, like, a very aggressive resort-style palm tree Miami thing, but it's, like, hot pink and green. Like, I just, I had to take pictures on my phone when they eventually got in a fight because the contrast in these patterns was just 
incredible yeah. power clashing. Yeah, it's very like bar fight at a club in Miami vibes. Yeah, for sure. it's extreme, when they, when extreme Miami it. aesthetic, <laughs> and like not in a good way. Uh, but some context for Michelle's conversation with Brandon um, is that she clearly thinks he's very cute, but he misspelled like every word. He misspelled protein. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna bring that up earlier, but to be it's honest, rough. I don't want to like I don't want to be judgmental, but like it's hard. It would be hard. And it's like, look, we yeah. d- we never know. Um, a lot of people have trouble with spelling for a variety of reasons, but that's that uh, he he seemed embarrassed. I mean, the thing is that like I don't. I as I've gotten older, I feel like I used to be very excessively judgmental of people for spelling or grammar, which are have to do with class and like various privileges and also just like it's not going to be everyone's skill set I'm terrible at math like why should everyone be good at spelling but the reality is if you're someone who cares a lot about language it can just kind of be a gut level turn off like if someone texts me on a or texted 10 years ago when I was dating like if someone texted me and there were a bunch of misspellings, I would just be like, I just don't know if this is going to work. Because every time that I look at your text, I'm going to be like, "Mm." and Michelle is a teacher, and it seems like she's kind of coming from that same place. I feel like Michelle is really trying to hold on to the hope that Brandon has other redeeming qualities. Like, is he a good kisser? She's, She's very intent on finding out. And it turns out, yes. Brandon just seems like, very like lovable, like yeah. kind of just goofy guy. Like I can he see seems the appeal. Like, exactly. He seems like someone that in such a high pressure situation where there's so much earnestness, she probably enjoys having someone around who's like cute and gonna make her laugh. He tries a horribly, horribly corny line on her where he's like, I need to memorize you so I can remember you when I wake up from this dream. And she was like, that is terrible. Why would like, you say, did you Google how to get girls? <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm just corny. It's from the heart. Well, this is the thing is that like Brandon is very like sincerely corny, I think, yeah. in a way that I would, that would also make me uncomfortable in the same way it made Michelle uncomfortable, which is like, I can't take you seriously while you're complimenting me in this way. Like, what are you doing? Like, come oh, on, yeah. stop it. But he doesn't have the ego reaction that we saw with Peter earlier. He's like, yeah, my spelling sucks. Like, haha. Like, I'll always try to do better for you. Like, yeah, my lines are corny. That's just, like, who I am. He's, He's not going to be, like, abashed by that. And that is endearing, yeah. Also, I feel like he totally could have been, like, on his computer or whatever before the <laughs> season aired, Googling lines to use on Michelle in, like, an endearing <laughs> way. Like, he'd be like, okay, all right this is a good one, you know? <laughs> his little notebook or something. I don't know. I think, I think he's, he's yeah. cute. No, I, yeah, he's, he's cute and they clearly have chemistry. Meanwhile, things are simmering with Peter. He is still steamed about what Will did during the daytime date. And so he grabs Will to hash things out. Um, he pulls Will and his tiger print aside and he says it was really inappropriate to call him a narcissist when he was completely defenseless. How does Peter think insulting someone works? Like, you get a heads up. You're like, please prepare yourself. I'm going to be insulting you. Get your defenses ready. Do you want to punch me in the face? Do you want to run away? Like, whatever you need to do in order to ready yourself for this coming insult. It's also like, 
I can understand being like embarrassed and hurt by that, but like it wasn't so egregious that like no. the thing for him to do, which I mean, we're talking about Peter, so like he clearly wasn't going <laughs> to do, was would just be like laugh it off and just be like, oh, you know, you're so funny, whatever. But like to get that mad about it, it's like, yeah, yo, you shoot yourself in the here. foot, bro. You've got to you've got to roll with it, laugh and be like, yeah, I'm a lot, but like that's that's just how I am. I I I make a lot of noise, you know. And instead he's just like, how dare you? You you attacked me in front of the children. And <laughs> we see a lot of this from afar because all the other guys are trying to sort of rubberneck but also not rubberneck because they don't want to be involved because it's like the first date and there's already like a full throwdown happening um and we just watch from afar as they like make slashing hand gestures at each other (laughs) um which is just i just love i just love that energy that like and they start yelling about pizza they're like this is the most violent pizza you will ever see (laughs) um but yeah, like yeah, Will's like pizza this, pizza that. Do you have anything to offer but a slice? Talk to me about Michelle. And Peter's like, I don't have to talk to you about Michelle. Um, so they're really working things out in a calm <laughs> and mature way. While this is happening, Michelle is very gamely having a conversation with Illumidae while this fighting is quite audible to them and to us. Um She's complimenting him for his quiet confidence. And he says, well, nobody likes a jerk. And you can literally hear some jerks in the background just screaming <laughs> at each other. It's poetic, honestly. I, I honestly, in that moment, I was like, I do actually think that they are subtweeting the other two guys in this conversation. Like you could say that it's like editing and it's Frank and Bit together. But my theory is actually that they're both talking about Peter. Rick uh, asks Michelle to help with his homework and what he has are Mad Libs he's written for the story of Michelle and Rick. And she fills in most of the blanks about their powerful chemistry leading up to, at the end of the night, they share a blank. So this is an elaborate come on here. And, and it works. Impressed. It works. She loves it. I have to say, I was critical of Rick's um, sort of frenzied energy on night one, but now that he's been out of the stress position in the table, <laughs> he seems much more normal. <laughs> I think he's cute. He's growing on me. He is cute. And I called him out for maybe wearing eyeliner like uh, like Yanko in The Morning Show in a previous podcast and learned that Yanko does not wear eyeliner. They both just have they both really just have incredibly nice dark eyelashes. It's I learned something new about the world from this season, and that's that's something. Those are some nice eyelashes. Yeah, really good eyelashes. And you know what? I also want to say, if you want to wear eyeliner on your waterline and you're a man, you should do that too. Like that's fine as well. But back with the back with the group, the other guys confront Peter very mildly about why he had to start a fight with Will while everyone was nearby enjoying their date, including Michelle, and. Peter is unimpressed. He's just like, I don't agree. Like, I had to do it. Like, I just had to, I had to address it. This is when Casey says, I don't like Peter. I think Peter is an insecure supernova or an insecurity supernova. Yeah. 
every insecurity time I see, supernova. <laughs> he says, every time I see little boys getting into dick measuring contests, I think this better not derail Michelle. Again, I agree, Casey. <laughs> it's a good line. That's great if that's his, you know, hope for the season. We know what show we're on, so that's probably not going to happen. But, you know, at least yeah. he can stay out of the fray. Yeah, I appreciate that element of the commentary making it in there. Yeah. We need someone who is going to mirror back the audience response to Peter, which is, who is this insecure ball of testosterone that keeps crashing all over my screen? It's already derailing Michelle, though, because Michelle, of course, has to come and talk to Peter about what she heard. She's like, you need to stay and talk with me after class. Yeah, this. I was going to say, this is such, you know, tough love teacher energy. She's yeah. like, I, I understand but I don't fully understand because I haven't been in your position. But also, this was not good behavior. Yeah. She basically is like, I heard you yelling and it sounded aggressive. And Peter says, we all have our scars. And to call me a narcissist Hmm. in front of you and the children was inappropriate and disgusting. (laughs) I was like, talk more about the scars thing. Like, how is this about your trauma? Because he's a narcissist and he only censors <laughs> like, himself. Yeah. He's like, please don't bring up the trauma of being a narcissist. Why does he keep saying in front of the children? Like, <laughs> the children cares? cannot hear such dirty language, such I as mean, like, narcissist, a word yeah. they explicitly asked us I to spell. I think that he is acting as though he was defenseless because of the, like, he he couldn't really, like, respond. He couldn't beat the shit out of this oh. other guy because there are children there. Right. But gotcha. I have to say, the presence of the children had not previously been forcing him to behave well, so... Yeah, I don't buy it. Poor Michelle is like, look, uh, my understanding is that if you're screaming like a maniac at this other dude, that that could be how you would treat me if we were in a relationship and I pissed you off. And he's like, now that you say that, this was completely out of character and has nothing to do with who I am. (laughs) I'm so sorry. He's like, first hmm, thing, my reaction was valid. Second thing, oh, yes, no. Now that you've expressed it, it's a deal breaker. (laughs) I've never done anything like that before. I don't believe that for a hot second. Oh, no. And then he, like, tells the camera. He goes, I'm going to get my rose robbed because someone decided to be a petty bitch. Like, again, Peter, you were never getting this rose. You weren't even in the same league as the rose. You're... 10,000 yards from the rose. This is one of the reasons, though, like, why watching the show is so interesting. Because you can see how some people's perception of themselves differs so greatly from the reality of the situation. Like, yes, every year there's someone who just, like, acts like a complete clown on one of the dates. And then when they get inevitably get into a fight, they blame the other person. I'm like, I would have gotten that rose if not just for these meddling kids, you know? And it's like, (laughs) this happens every year. It's so true. There's always, there's always someone, especially on the the seasons of The Bachelorette. And I think there's something about getting to see specimens like Peter, like not quite in the wild, but almost in the wild, but hear them talk more like to the camera about their reasoning where you're you can start to like anatomize their psyche in a way where like some guy's just a jerk to you in the world and you're like what the hell is that about and then you see a peter and you're like oh boy there's <laughs> even more going on here than i realized um and then also this is a thing that repeatedly happens on the bachelorette is the lead having to be like 
it concerns me as a possible future romantic partner of yours that you become violently angry whenever <laughs> something doesn't of go your hat. way. Do you <laughs> understand why? When literally why? pretending to be a student in a fifth grade classroom, you can't regulate your emotions. <laughs> right. You're literally like, I'm not going to beat the shit out of this guy right now because there are children I don't know very well here. But like if <laughs> any don't of those worry. conditions change. I'll um, do it later. This is yeah. just a like rain-checked ass-kicking. This uh, poor Michelle already dealing with this, but to Peter's shock and anger, Michelle gives the group date rose to Brandon. So the, that kissing must have been really good. Really, really good. He, who needs to spell when you can do that? Yeah. I have to say, it did seem like she and Rick also had a really good conversation and really good chemistry. He was, like, kissing her shoulder during I the Mad List, that. and she did not seem weirded out by it. So I She was like, seemed okay. into it. Yeah. yeah. He's another one. Uh, you know, he could be a, a dark horse. She has to be into it if he's just randomly kissing her shoulder and she wasn't yeah. completely grouped out. Because when you were describing that... I, like, viscerally shuddered at, like, the thought of you a strange You have to man. like, that's a very, very intimate. If you are at all uninterested in someone, that is, like, just horrible. Yeah. So, yeah. I think she was into Oh, God. It. Now I have yeah. the creeps. <laughs> yeah, now you're just, like, picturing some man you don't <laughs> know very well. Like, <laughs> just, like, sitting next to you and, and like, gently <laughs> nuzzling and oh, kissing your God. shoulder. When he did it the first time, I instinctively almost brushed my shoulder off. I, I was like, where did that come you're from? You're like, not today, Rick. Not today. First <laughs> she's the table. It. But she's into it. And he had to try really hard to overcome because her first impression of him in the table was so bad. Um, but... A lot of good moments on this date, despite Peter. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk about the first and only one-on-one. Can you keep up? I like love it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, 
from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time, and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house— my house, my apartment, <laughs> you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season yes. again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really, like, elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it, so comfortable, so chic, also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we're back. And the first one-on-one -on -one date is going to Jamie, who gets a date card which says, I'm looking for someone to be my rock. As usual, the date cards are fairly literal. Yeah. Um, Jamie is happy, but he's also like, you know, let's keep this in perspective. A big part of this process is, are you right for me? And, the, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right, Jamie. Take this seriously. Like, you have to fit each other's lives. And then he starts being like, you know, I have a wild life. Like, I travel to third world countries on a moment's notice by myself. Like, I'm cool. Not everyone is ready to live on the edge of life like that. And all the guys are just rolling their eyes. Oh, there were incredible cutaways. Just every man is, like, looking off into the distance, rolling their eyes. Like, okay, Jamie, we get it. You live a very cool life. And he really did. I was on board with him at the beginning. And then once he got to, like, bragging about, quote, third world countries, he he really lost me. Yeah. We all know that guy slash girl, you know. Yeah, his, like, Tinder, his Tinder bio definitely ha has, like, photos of him, like, on top of mountains and, and, like, next to tigers and stuff. Oh, yeah. I was definitely in a lot of poli-sci seminars with men who had this sort of vibe. 
Yes. Also, I'm like, <laughs> Michelle is a teacher in Minnesota. She had to plan the taping of The Bachelorette around her school schedule. Do you think she's going to travel to a distant country at the drop of a hat with you? Like, is yeah, that a personality I think you're confused, thing? sir. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's just checking to see if she has that adventurous spirit, I guess. Uh, and it's the perfect date for that because Michelle is taking Jamie rock climbing. So they're going to be climbing up like a rock cliff in the desert to get to a picnic. And Jamie handles this great. Michelle is very nervous. Uh, Jamie is like, all I do is climb up rock cliffs in third world country. No, he doesn't say that. But like, he's clearly like been here before. He's like, it's fine. This is what relationships are all about. This is it. This is what we do. telling her to put her foot there and then her hand there and then shimmy up that ledge. And she's very nervous. And so she like, she loves this. She's like, I'm always coaching guys in a relationship. He's like there for me. He's coaching me. It's refreshing. You want your partner to bring something to the table, you know? I love a good bachelor date to relationship metaphor, personally. <laughs> oh, yeah. same. This date is a metonym for, like, the whole relationship that we could have in the future. Um, it represents all of it. And then they enjoy their drinks and the view at the top. And they both really feel like this went super well. Michelle's like, I couldn't have picked a better person for this date. And then we get just a hard cut to the night date. Uh, they're, they're like making out in front of the scene and then suddenly they're like sitting at a table. I was like, what happened? (laughs) Uh, they're at dinner and I guess they didn't have much time to get into this next conversation because in like 30 seconds, they're having a big trauma dump. Um, Uh, yeah, a real intense tonal shift. It was a little bit rough. One of the more sad ones that we've heard in a while. Oh, it's, it was, it's awful. It was Um, really, really tough. And I just want to offer a quick uh, trigger warning here. We are going to be talking about um, death by suicide. So if you have any concerns, just maybe skip a few minutes forward. Yeah. So they're talking basically about her parents' relationship and how she aspires to what they have. They still hang out. They still have fun together. And she says, but you don't have to grow up with that and your parents to find that for yourself. And Jamie's like, thank you uh, for saying that because my background was different. He talks about how his mom had him at 18. His parents were never married. He, um, his mom ended up having a lot of mental health issues uh, and they had to move in with his grandparents. And he says when he was uh, 12 or 13, He saw his mom in the bathroom with a steak knife trying to cut her wrists. And after that, uh, she couldn't be left alone. So he and his sister alternated staying home from school to watch her. Um, Like, fuck. I mean. Yeah, I can't. Like, the amount of weight that that places on children. On a child. Um, Yeah, I just can't. It's absolutely, absolutely devastating to hear him talk about it. And he ultimately says that when he was 24 um, and obviously had had moved out of the house by then, his mother did die by suicide. And he says that it, quote, imploded his life, as you might imagine that it would. And he had to actively decide that it was worth it for him to live. And this, I mean, 
my gosh, this is such an upsetting story. It's just, again, devastating. And Michelle, I think, responds really, really genuinely. I think, yeah, I think she handled it really well. Um, I mean, it's it's hard to, you know, hear all of that, let alone And she it, doesn't, but... they don't know each other that well. Like, this is yeah. a very intimate thing to be sharing. This is a lot to share with someone when you are first getting to know them. And we always talk about how it's, it's tough on the leads to sort of know totally. how to handle these disclosures in a way that is comforting and does the person's story justice and doesn't sound overly canned. And I think Michelle just like lets herself react as -hmm. she would to, to meeting anyone who told her something upsetting in this way. And she says, you know, I don't know. I like that. She actually acknowledged, like, I don't know you that well. Mm -hmm. I thought that was very real. And she says, you know, I'm, so proud of what you've come through and handled, how you conduct yourself. And th- I think she actually says that because she what she says is, I'm so proud of what you've come through. Because pride is yeah. something we don't associate in having with people with we stranger. don't know well. Yeah, right? But right. She, she's like, I can't, clearly can't in that moment think of like a, a more affirming or appropriate thing to say. Um, and he really appreciates this because he's like, people often say, I'm sorry, I wish that didn't happen. And he is glad that she didn't say that. I thought this was interesting. And I was actually like, there's, he like should handle this however he wants and however is healthy for him. I was a little like struck by what he says here. He says, if I love who I am, I have to love everything I went through. And I don't agree that people should feel that that's the case. I think it's totally okay to love yourself while also wishing that certain things didn't happen to you. I think that that is, and like what, like, again, like however he needs to think about this, whatever approach helps him cope with this is fine. But like in that moment, I was like, I don't know if that's the message that I would want people to feel they have to live that way. I think there are a lot of ways to, to navigate getting through something like that and accepting what happened to you. Absolutely. I think it's just indicative of how people process grief and trauma in really different ways and sort of come to, ultimately you come to a narrative that feels as comforting and as comfortable and as cohesive to you as possible. And it feels like this is, this is how he's processed yeah. His story, but I I agree. In the moment, I w- I was struck by the same thought, Claire. And then it was like, okay, well, this is how he. This is not a directive. This is him processing for his sure trauma. I also felt like this date is such a. I mean, this is just such a classic bachelor trauma dump setup, where he gets the the right opening. He lists all of the horrible things that happened. Michelle responds with empathy. He appreciates her empathy. And we find ourselves, I definitely, we did it in this conversation, I always do it, grading them by how well they delivered and received the trauma, um, whether they, like, got through it in a way that's graceful. Um, and that kind of, sometimes, that, like, kind of troubles me. I don't know. I, I wish that the show would find a better way to have these conversations because this is kind of their classic template I know Jacqueline in the past, uh, Trumbull has described it to us as like 
confessional style. Like, you reveal your flaws, and then you're, like, given absolution through, like, the the praise of the other person who says it's okay that you're the person who went through this. You have value. Um, And that's just, like, the classic Bachelor thing, and it's, like, on full display here. The show just can't seem to figure out another path to effectively making its cast and also the viewers bond to to these characters. It's like they're this is their crutch. They know that it evokes an emotional response from everyone involved. And so they lean into it so hard, even though, you know, we've we've talked about this for years, that there's a lot to be critical about in sort of like demanding people to disclose this type of trauma. Yeah, I, I always hate this part of the show because it just it especially something like this where it is so extremely heavy and it's such a tragedy that like, you just have to wonder like, is, am I taking part in something exploitative? You've been watching this. Um, My concern is that, you know, he felt like he had to say this on national television without any sort of prelude. Because like you said, it was just went from like, all of a sudden we're rock climbing, everything's great. And he has really, really heavy scene. I don't know. This kind of stuff always feels as particularly egregious and grind of gross to me. Because it's just not how you would talk to someone on a first date. No. And in any relationship, like, I just think it sets up, like, such a, like, a bad, I think it sets them up on a bad foot because then, you know, you have all this weight on Michelle when she's trying to make the decision, like, maybe they weren't really compatible. I mean, it seems like she likes him. So it's kind of a moot point, but like in other situations, it's like, you can't really send someone home after they've told you this like horrible, tragic story. Um, and I, I don't think the contestants really like it either because I know the contestants in the past have said like, they feel like they had to even almost embellish stories to like get people to notice them. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Like, I know, I think Catherine has said that before. Yeah, it's a tough thing to navigate. And I think, like, sometimes there are people who come on the show being like, I know this is going to be broadcast and there's something I actually really feel strongly that I want to talk about. And I think those stories tend to land better when they come later, when the two people have developed a connection to the point where that sort of sharing feels earned and feels mutual. And when it's put so early, like, they don't have right. an intimacy yet. And it's he's in this point there. where he's like, this is my one-on-one date. Like, if right. not like, now, I have I might to do it. Never. And there's production. And not. I'm saying that like it's his decision. Production is saying that. Production right. oh, is 100%. saying, like, this is your shot. Totally. And that's a lot. And then you know, even if you had a long conversation, they're just going to show, like, the show-and-tell part and mm-hmm. nothing else. <sighs> and anyway. Like, yeah, that's, that's a really good point because in the quote-unquote real world, you assume when he goes on dates with women, you know, you don't really talk about that kind of stuff. Like, you don't, I mean, you talk about your family a little bit, but I would assume it would take a couple of dates before, at least. And I I don't think you would often say it in this whole, like, you might say, like, oh, my mom actually, you know, we had an unstable life when I was young. She had me young. Like, you know, she actually died when I was 24. And then maybe a few dates mm-hmm. later, you would want to go into more detail. He's disclosing stuff 
because it has to happen in this full disclosed narrative that like you would have trickle out through multiple escalatingly intimate conversations over the course of a relationship and and have like a lot of reciprocal conversation around and anyway that's not the bachelor way he in true bachelor fashion of course he does get the rose after this intense disclosure and Mm -hmm. they're treated to a private concert as a result just another little old faithful uh that was so jarring as well (laughs) oh my gosh yes they're like anyway uh, congrats on your rose here's a concert by carolyn jones um yeah i also love that they have michelle say life with him would be adventurous vulnerable romantic and compassionate why choose one adjective when you can have four my life with him would be vulnerable that's (laughs) what I envision. Um, Vulnerable is like my word of the season. I'm like, why are they all saying it so much? Meanwhile, Joe is weeping on the couch. Um, He's on FaceTime with his mom. He just found out that his old coach, who he was very close to, has died. But it's his group date day, and they're going to be playing basketball. So a way to connect with his old mentor and, and get back to himself a little bit. So... Also on this date are Rodney, Nate, Chris G, Martin, Pardeep, Malik, Clayton, Chris S, and Spencer. And she's joined by two friends. It's celebrities this time. Yeah, they're they're adults, <laughs> not children. Yes, two WNBA players, uh, Diamond Shields and Dierica Hamby. Yes. Um, and... Uh, they are going to run some drills. They're going to do some one-on-one. They're, then they're going to do five-on-five. Michelle shines. Shines. Michelle's just, like, day. hitting jump shots when they come Oh, in. yeah. You can tell, like, she just has such a great energy. She feels on fire. It's that, like, glow you get when you're doing something that you know you're good at, which mm-hmm. feels so awesome. I also want to say that I really... Um, would like her athleisure set. It's oh, really yeah. cute. Someone please source that for it me. It was like black and white color blocked. Yeah, really into it. I have to say, this was the most serious basketball I have ever seen on The Bachelor. It was the most oh my serious God. sport. All like basically all of these guys are at least pretty good at basketball. <laughs> I it was shocking. They are like in it to win it. I don't I mean. I don't really know. Again, like, I don't know a ton about Michelle, but I would think that if a guy wasn't good at basketball, it wouldn't be, like, a deal breaker for her. But it was, like, put... I just feel like the production or whoever, like, put so much pressure on them. Like, you have to be... To win her heart, you have to be at least a semi-decent basketball player. (laughs) It clearly doesn't hurt, though. Like, it's interesting. I do think it's a turn-on for her. I think it definitely I think that, I mean, she talks about why that is, and I think it makes a lot of sense. And the guys all talked about this in their intro packages, and I was skeptical, but Michelle agrees, which is like, this is something so fundamental to who I am, that to be, like, conversant in this world, to also be comfortable in this world, that's, like, a huge thing for us to have in common. Right, it's a huge point of connection. And that's why, like, it makes so much sense why Michelle gravitates so immediately to Joe. There is basketball and there is where they're from. And that's why I found it so hilarious that later on you see the other men find this suspicious when it's just obvious. 
Also, like we kind of talked about before, like I kind of feel like Michelle is a hometown girl. She likes what she likes. She has a life that she's like very fulfilled by. And so it makes sense that she kind of wants someone who will fit into her life as she has it versus, you know, maybe someone like Jamie who is like, I'm going to come into your life and throw a grenade in it and we're going to have a completely different (laughs) life. Well, he's like, you're going to be fully, fully absorbed into my life. Because my life is the one that matters. For real, yeah. No, But it seems like she just is really content and, you know, secure in who she is and what she wants. And so, yeah, that makes total sense. I have to say that I love Joe. Me too. Joe is so interesting to me. Like, there's a part where he's so cute. Destroying Nate. He's destroying Nate in one on one. Nate is six eight. He is like He's doing six, layups eight? on Nate. Nate is extremely tall. Like oh. Nate should be able to block a layup. But Joe just is like playing circles around him. And Michelle is like, do the boys know that Joe was 2011 Minnesota Mr. Basketball? I'm like, Michelle, I'm like, it would be weird they if don't. he had announced that to all of them. I do think it would be not un I think that there is a very real world in which he would have told them that he was a serious basketball player. But Joe is very reserved. Joe does not, I think, come off as the guy out of this group of guys who is the best at basketball. (laughs) No. So when he just, like, turns it on, they're all a little bit like, oh, like, he's the really, really, really good at basketball one. Like, sure, okay. (laughs) Like, he's so, like, quiet and, like, yeah, he just doesn't have, like, that, like, kind of over-the-top swag that you might expect from a guy who was, like, the best basketball player in Minnesota when he graduated from high school. I think that's why I like him so much. Yeah, that's true. And not to be, like, a conspiracy theorist, like, (laughs) the men in the house, but, like, that line that didn't really strike me at the time, but she, I wonder if she's, like, known who he was and crushed on him for a long time. Oh, I think she must have known. Because she did slide into his DMs. She slid into his DMs, but also they would have been, she was... One of the runners up for Miss Basketball the same year that he was Mr. Basketball. Like they were very much in the same. So I wonder circle. if she's been like biding her time this whole time. And then last year she's like, okay, like I'm going to shoot my shot. And then that actually makes a lot of sense because she was really, I thought, I, I mean, I'm not judging her at all, but like I was like, wow, you seem like actually kind of upset about being ghosted by this guy where it's like you message him a few times, like who cares? It's not a big deal, you know, whatever. Um, but there was a whole thing on the last episode where she like, you know, really kind of took him to task for it. I wonder if it's because she just like crushed on him for a long time. I think she definitely, if she did not have a pretty serious interest, would not have been even called it ghosting if he stopped responding after just a few messages. I think you're right. It's clear that she really was interested. She must have known who he was for a while. So like, I do think this might be a little element of, of, of what you're saying, like the long time, like long like crush from afar and and now they're like connecting they're doing like the love and basketball thing they're doing one-on-one and like doing flirtatious like trash talk and like she hits a three on him and like I was just like I'm sorry this is like rom-com magic to me I was swooning and then they play five on five uh for that classic for for the cocktail party um, which team will get that extra time with Michelle. The blue team is Rodney, Spencer, Nate, Chris G, and Martin. And the red team is Joe, Clayton, Malik, Chris S, and Pardeep, four of whom apparently suck so bad 
that the red team, even with Mr. Mr. Basketball Minnesota 2011, is completely overwhelmed by them. Like, even Joe can't lift blue team, team red to victory. And it's wild because, like, only Pardeep really seems to be bad at basketball. I'm like, are all of these guys just such... It's hard for me to tell... Good basketball players. How We see Malik do a little, a little something not terrible. I'm trying to think who else. We definitely see Pardeep hit the back of the... Hit the back of the backboard. Hit the top of the backboard. I guess we don't see enough from Clayton and Chris S. They both could be terrible. But we just, like, don't see an, enough either way to be able to tell. But then at the timeout, Michelle gives Joe a little pep talk and a neck rub. She's like, you got this. Mr. Basketball. Uh, and I he, it. like, really <laughs> stages a comeback. I mean, my God. Ultimately, his team loses, but they only lose by one point. Like, seconds after Joe just, like, nails a three, like a cold-hearted oh, assassin. Oh, brutal. I also love that Michelle, like, she is such a competitive athlete that there was no way she was just going to be like, oh, winners and losers don't matter. Everyone come to the cocktail <laughs> party. She's like, no, this was a serious game and the losers must go home. Um, Except and, for you, Joe. Except for Joe. She had, she had an excuse <laughs> to keep Joe because he was clearly the best player on the court. Um, so she can give him the MVP medal and he gets to come anyway as a prize. This caused some... some, uh, some controversy because it seems like the guys who go home the four other guys from the team feel a little hard done by they're like oh mvp even though our team lost like what how does that even happen is it unfair or would it be unfair for him to not get extra time even when he did this like herculean performance like he was the mvp i don't know I mean, I'm a softie. I would always just be like, winners and losers don't matter. Everyone, come get your time. Yeah. I wouldn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But, like, this is this is a group of athletes. Yeah. They can take it. And, they like, can the take MVP the thing isn't fair. Like, it's like the World Cup and, like, the golden right. boot or whatever is always, like, fucking, like, messy. And it's like, okay, so he's, like, the best player in the world. Like, we get it. Um, don't fact check me on that. I don't remember who got it last time. <laughs> but like, yeah, like it's not like they're all like equally good athletes. <laughs> it's always the person who's best. Um, but I did kind of feel like it would be unfair for him to miss the party when he was just better than everyone. And clearly that's what this is all about. It's about who's best at basketball. It's about who Michelle wants to spend time with. And she wants yeah. to spend time with Joe. So yeah. you know what? This is her show. Uh, at the cocktail party... Michelle is in, like, fuchsia satin with a high slip. I died gorgeous. Oh, so beautiful. Oh, so good. Uh, and she she takes a good amount of time with Joe during this cocktail party. She sits with Joe, and he tells her that that day he found out about his coach dying and how being on the court really helped him uh, through this difficult time. And she's like, yeah, I get how big a part of your life a coach can be. And Joe said his coach was always his biggest cheerleader. And he was like, family. They're really just having, like, athlete bonding time. They're talking about how important coaches are, how close you can be to them. And then he says, I'm trying to be composed right now. And she says, it's okay to lose your composure. Like, us athletes, it's game face all the time. But you don't have to have a game face all the time. I loved that so much. Speaking each other's language. 
And you can just feel that Michelle is just comfortable. And again, like, it it is exhausting occupying the role of the lead. There is so much of a performance element in everything. And it must be such a relief for her to just, like, have a dude that she's already seen before and that she already knows she has all this stuff in common with. She can just relax a little bit. She says, we have this understanding. Is it basketball is it Minnesota? Is it both? And he says, yeah, yeah, it's I feel both. It too. It's both. I love that. I don't know. I feel like this is great. It's adorable. It's also so funny to me that it's literally like as someone who is neither attached to my hometown or a sport. I know. <laughs> I'm like, we all have this feeling where you like you meet someone and you have an understanding. You're like, oh, like we just get each other. And I've never put in terms of like, oh, is it? Is it books? Is it Indiana? Is it both? Like, she's just like, oh, these are like the two things that I have as part of my personality. I know, I'm like trying to picture picture myself, like thinking about the sport I played in a very mediocre fashion in high school and be like, do they really get me because of the field hockey? Who can say? (laughs) Uh, Joe does get the group date, Rose. They've really connected, but... Sentiments are starting to turn a little bit sour on Joe. The guys back at the resort are complaining about how he got the MVP award. They're threatened. They're threatened. Some of the other guys, while they're away uh, having their private time, are like, wow, they have a lot in common. And he sure is taking up a lot of time with her. Like, it's not even like they're that mad. They're just like, not, it like sucks for them. I think it's also, they're like, that... Joe, again, is a pretty unassuming guy. And so they just didn't expect this from him. They weren't prepared for him to kind of come in and then just quietly dominate the entire date. Yeah. And they're realizing this guy is a front runner. He's a contender. I love, though, how Nate is so confident in his connection with Michelle that he's just like, meh, it's fine. I'm good. Don't even worry about it. I know I have a good thing with Michelle. And all I was thinking was, like, this confidence is going to do Nate very well on this show. Oh, yeah. yeah. I Yeah, I agreed. Like, it was really refreshing to hear someone say, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he said something along the lines of, like, I don't really need time with her right now. Like, I'm cool. And it's, like, for a show where time is the obsession of most contestants, I found that refreshing. Just, like not fighting for time all the time, which I think is also like a fatal flaw of many first impression Rose getters. I definitely get the sense from Nate that he's like, I'm six, eight. Like, it's like, I'm very attractive. I'm I'm extremely, extremely hot. There's a point early, early in the episode when Will is on the group date. And he's like, I just want to make sure at the end of the night that Michelle's like, yeah, Will was out there. Like, she was like, uh, she wants me to know that I I want her to know I was there. And like, Nate never has that. He's like, I'm obviously here. I'm enormous. You can see me. You can see my handsome face. It's two heads taller than everyone else's. And I think that must give you a lot of comfort in these moments. Yeah, he probably never has that problem. Like, people always know if he's there. That's the exactly. curse for sure. It's hard for him to, like, go stealth, but yeah. it's good for being remembered. Um, and, yeah, he's like, I got the first impression, Rose, and when I get my time, it'll be good. And they do. They get some time. They make out. It's really good. Everything's coming up Nate, except for Joe does get the rose, but still pretty good for <laughs> Nate. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk about the cocktail party. 
I am so glad that it's finally warming up and it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. And we're back and it's time for the cocktail party. Brandon, Jamie, and Joe all already have roses and the men are continuing to get a little bit nervous about Joe. Well, more like two of the men. Yeah, it's like, it's like really very minimal, really. You hear a couple of the guys being like, you know, Joe does come from the same place as her, and they're both college basketball players, and she seems to really like him. So really just, like, observing some facts about them. 
The chatter is not not that suspicious. It's not no. that it's not as will be it will be called later disrespectful. It's just kind of like okay, we're all Comments. starting to get up to speed here. Um, Michelle uh, is in fuchsia again and metallic for this cocktail party and rose ceremony. Stunning. Oh, this is really her color. She looks incredible. This is another great outfit. Michelle decides to take some time with with Rodney first. She has a test for him as well. Which he fails miserably. So badly. This is not a man who knows his apples. And unfortunately for him, he did really tie himself very closely to apples with his entrance. He could have just not had apples be part of his thing at all. And he just, he put himself in this position. Yeah, he should have done some apple research. Yeah, just like a little, just like a little bit. Like one of the most basic things you would find out is that Granny Smiths are green. And so she blindfolds him to take some bites of apples. He takes a huge bite of a gala and is like, that's definitely a Granny Smith. They are completely different in texture as well as flavor. After he tries the Granny Smith, he says it's a Fiji red apple, which isn't even a thing. No. (laughs) I'm just, I'm at a loss. Michelle is shocked and horrified. She's like, the average person knows what a Granny Smith apple tastes like. It's the tartest one. Then she offers him pizza, and he's like, is it lasagna? (laughs) (laughs) I'm concerned. Did he not seem, like, extremely flummoxed? I thought it was so Oh, fun. yeah, he, he was, was not prepared. <laughs> uh, very, like, he was panicked. He, he panicked. knew he was doing poorly, and he panicked. And he was like, lasagna! Ah. Um, finally, she offers him a kiss as a taste test, of course. Um, and that goes well. Meanwhile, we do see some of the men chatting about Joe. It's a very chill conversation. It's Malik, Martin, Spencer, and Jamie. And the guys are mostly sort of like, yeah, they definitely know each other, but like, whatever. Whatever. Uh, Spencer is like, there's no chance I'm going to spend my time with her talking about it. Like, whatever. It's not a big deal. Spencer, very wise. Yeah, they're basically all like, you know, she likes who she likes. It's no use, like, worrying about whether they've met before. I loved that Malik pointed that out. Yeah. uh, Someone else, maybe it was Spencer, was like, in the real world, you date the people you like. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how it works. What show is this? Like, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> They're being so reasonable, except for one person. And I think we have a clip of how Jamie describes the situation. Honestly, personally, it is something that bothers me. It's just this running thing of, like, do you guys know each other already? And are we really starting from the same spot? I think that's really, like, the big issue. She likes who she likes, you know, and in, in the real world, when it comes to dating, she's going to go with who she wants to go with. So Absolutely. We have, to, we have to do our part. I personally feel like, hold on a second, like, if we're all here to be authentic, like, take number one challenge is for us to be authentic, be vulnerable, is like, but are we really, though? It honestly, it doesn't really bother me. If she knows him, she knows him. If he knows her, he knows her. Okay. They're doing their thing, they're doing their thing. I'm just ready to do my thing, <laughs> you know what I mean? Jamie's bringing stuff up about Joe and Michelle. It's just weird. I'm like, what are you trying to get at? What's going on? Like, what does it matter? Like, no one else cares. Stop making assumptions. Hands down. Malika's just like, why are you so obsessed with this? It's so, because it is weird, especially when Jamie has a rose. It was one of the strangest things. I mean, we'll get into it. But, like, watching himself implode, because, like, you know she's going to find out about all this. 
Oh, and he's like, setting himself he's up. He's setting himself like, up for a big showdown. This is all on camera. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, this doesn't need to happen. I mean, he right. also clearly told a producer or something about this comment. So he tells Martin, who is the only one who even will, like, indulge this conversation with him. He's like, yeah, a friend of mine in Minneapolis saw Michelle at a bar and his girlfriends that he was meeting told him that they saw Michelle because they saw Michelle at the bar and that she was, quote, already booed up with a tall, light-skinned baller. And Martin's (laughs) like, did you, why are you bringing this up now? Like, did you, like, forget this detail? Like, but now you're concerned. And Jamie is like, uh, no, I just, uh, I, he's basically like, this information was buried deep inside me. Yeah. Now it has been triggered. It's been, it's been resurfaced. <laughs> this story is so bizarre. Like, is he from, like, the North? I don't even, I don't know where he's he, from. He says he has a friend who lives in Minneapolis. Which isn't weird, but it's just the whole story is weird. What it sounds like he's saying is that Michelle had a drink with a person who's right. a man. Well, that's the thing, is that his friends were like, that's the bachelorette, She's but she's already booed up. Okay, do these friends know Michelle? Or literally, have they just seen her at a bar with a guy? And they're just being like, oh, she's maybe she's already got some. You know, like, I, it's un- yeah. like, why would you put any stock in this? I don't know how you guys took it, but I definitely took it as he was implying heavily that it was Joe. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely what I took sure. from it. And he's obviously then call- ultimately calling Michelle's character into question. Right. He's like, maybe she already has a guy and it's Joe. And she's just brought him here on this whole charade to like waste our time. And he's like... I thought this was funny, too, given what what happens later. Jamie says, you know, I just didn't think that much about hearing this until I heard everyone, like, in every room I go to. Everyone's talking about Joe. Does he know Michelle already? And Martin's like, really? I didn't think it was that much. (laughs) Like, and Martin is even like, I don't really think people are talking about it that much, man. But Jamie's like, no, everyone's talking about it. I have to bring it up to Michelle. I couldn't call someone my partner if they didn't share this information and live up to that standard of authenticity and honesty and vulnerability that they have set through their devious actions. Okay, but, like, you also had a whole date. Right, like, I'm sorry. If you think that you're not starting from the same place because she's met Joe, like, once before, like, you have now had, like, 95% more date time with her than any other guy here. So, like, you're you're the one this, who's in the lead. This level of insecurity is not cute, and it really feels like Jamie is setting himself up for a total flameout, especially when he decides he needs to tell Michelle about his suspicions, but I guess frame it like it's everyone He's else. He's doing what many people are saying. He's doing the many people are saying. I think we actually, I think we actually have a clip of this. There's been a whole bunch of talk today um, about this kind of feeling that maybe you might have known Joe before here. Um, For me personally, I just don't really care because I feel like whatever happened before getting here, like, has nothing to do with me. But, like, everybody else keeps feeling it. I think that given that this entire journey is about authenticity and about trust, and that that's the standard that's been set. 
I think that there's people out there that are questioning that. Jamie. Jamie, you literally just said, I do care, to someone who said, I don't care. Yeah. See, this was like, this kind of went from, oh, you're kind of like a pop star to like, oh, you're shady. Because he's like straight up lying. It's wild. It's wild how blatantly he's lying. We just saw him say to all the guys who are like, it's not a big deal. I personally, me, I don't care what you guys think. Me, I think it's a big deal. And then he goes to Michelle and is like, I don't think it's a big deal. But a lot of the guys are pretty upset about oh, it. And Egregious. She, she this is asks, on film, Jamie. <laughs> and she asks, like, if are people questioning it in a way that's disrespectful, like, to me? And he says, yeah. And I'm like, are you referring to yourself right now? Like, what I, I guess. Um, so bizarre. And then he tells her the story about how his friend saw her and was told that she already... He uses the same... Like, it's verbatim. This is seared into his brain. She's already booed up with a tall, light-skinned baller. I don't think that story is true. Or if it's true, it's literally completely inconsequential. It's like one of his friend's friends saw Michelle at a bar having a drink with someone who's a man. Like, it's it's so stupid. It just, like, sucks. I was not a fan of this at all. I feel like it's extra bad because, like, Michelle is just so likable and so normal-seeming for this show. And, like, you could tell when she found out that people were taught, like, all of the guys allegedly were kind of shit-talking her behind her back. Like, you could see it in her face, like, how upset she was about it. And it was, like, really hard to watch. It was really sad. The only person who comes out of this feeling great is Jamie, who's like, great, I think I got the reassurance I need that she wasn't involved with Joe before this. Yeah, he's like, all I had to do was lie to her and make her doubt everything that's happening in her life right now to confirm from her very upset reaction that I don't have anything to worry about. It's like, great. That's great, Jamie. Congrats. So Michelle then joins the group again and asks them all to have a seat, stands in front of her class, and lets them all know that the first night that they walked in was the first night that she actually met any of them. She then discloses that she and Joe exchanged a few messages She says it was quite a few years ago. I'm going to say that's misleading because I think it was last year. I mean, they specifically talked about how their messaging fell off um, surrounding events that happened in 2020. Events happened in 2020. So, so. yeah. So it was last year. We'll give her her that emphasis. And (laughs) she's like, we joke about it now, but Joe ghosted me after two messages. But like, that's it. And she talks about how difficult it is to be confronted with this sort of rumor um, about a pre-existing relationship. And I think we have a clip of part of what she says. There's a rumor about me being spotted with a light-skinned basketball dude before the show. And being a woman of color, you know, in Minnesota, anytime I'm with a man of color, I'm, we're a couple. That's what everyone sees it as. I could have a romantic dinner with a white guy in the restaurant and nobody would say, oh, they're a couple, but because it's another black man, we're supposed to be together. And it's frustrating because I'm open to all of you. You can just hear the 
fucking exhaustion in her voice. She's like, we've been here three days and I'm dealing with this bullshit already. Like, fuck. Yeah. And like in this, I really felt like the thing that she was that that, that we were discussing earlier, that like just because she's been seen and out and about with a guy doesn't mean that they're dating. And right. like she's she's like like additionally, like this this is just like always happening. Like I like people just assume that I have to be in a relationship with a black man that I'm seen with. Like that is the way that I can have a relationship with a black man. If it's a white man, then like clearly we're not viable romantic partners for each other if it's a black man then we like must be romantic partners and to be like it's just another form of a microaggression mm -hmm. that's like clearly being lobbed at her often and now even in this very controlled environment she's having to grapple with that yeah i thought that was really really rough i just think it's like so messed up to like make her doubt herself on this level i was just so pissed like what the hell? Yeah, like, was it worth it, Jamie? Seriously? Like, what the hell? Like, and she opens it up at this point for, she's like, I know you're all talking about it. So, like, if you have any questions or anything you want to say, floor is open. And no one says anything. And she's like, I'm not joking. It's like, everybody knows, apparently. So, like, I think people should be speaking. But no one does. And so she's like, okay, I'm going to excuse myself. And... I can understand why she's like, I feel like people should be saying things directly to me because I know they've been talking behind my back. But it seems like they haven't been talking behind her back. A lot of these guys are just completely confused, like have not even heard a single utterance of this rumor. She leaves and Rodney's like, what? Did I miss something? And Peter's like, yeah, I've been really busy aggressively coming at Will. (laughs) I've had no time to think about Joe. Like, it's clear that a lot of these dudes have never heard this rumor and the rest of them, like, heard one line and did not care at all and have not been discussing it. So they're largely confused. That's where, like, Jamie's whole ruse really, like, showed how blatantly false it was because, and it sucks too, because she took their silence as, like, them being shady but they were legit like, what are you talking about? Like we have- Right. And someone probably should have just said that, but right. they didn't. Well, then you're in that moment where it's almost like you're at the point of like of like a, a talk or something that's like, does anyone have any questions in the audience? And no one has a yeah. question. So you're like, should I just put my hand up and say something, anything like to, to fill this silence? And no one wants to be the guy to like make up a question like, oh, so like, uh, what, uh, when you talked to Joe before, like, I don't know, like, how long ago was that exactly? Like, no one wants to, like, lay themselves on that altar when they don't even care. Yeah, they're just confused. They're they're ultimately kind of in shock. And Jamie is just sitting there being like, okay, so my game is I act like I don't know what's going on. Uh, and I definitely don't admit what I did. At one point, Nate is like, I don't even need to know who did this, but you should just know that I think you're soft. Yeah, no one is impressed. No one is impressed. Everyone's pissed. And Jamie starts, like, working the room and being like, yeah, man, yeah, why would anyone say that? Yeah, crazy. It's, (laughs) like, the nerve. Does he really think no one will figure this out? Because he's talked to enough guys that at some point Martin is going to be like, actually, Jamie was really bothered by this and it surprised me. And he's the only person I talked to who seemed bothered by it. Like, he told at least three of the guys that he was personally bothered. Yeah, he told Spencer he wanted to talk about it. Like, 
this is so stupid. And the fact that he's like buddying up to the other men and bonding over how ridiculous it would be to talk to her. Like, yeah. This he's is like, about to bite him like in the full, ass. We're all trying to find the guy who did this, like, hot dog costume sketch right now. He's like, where is he? It's like, Jamie, you're going to get got. Uh, rose ceremony time uh, comes early because Michelle has been so drained emotionally that she is canceling the cocktail party, according to Caitlin and Tasha. I just want to note that this is the second cocktail party and the first cocktail party post limo exit night like this is like she's already too emotionally it's already too much god jamie works fast he ruined her like basically her first cocktail party is this like 4d chess like i have a rose (laughs) so i'm gonna make sure no one else can get one or right like i mean i think it's just it was a really ill-advised move this is gonna do nothing good for him and he is turning himself into the early season villain which is never a good position to be in. But it's going to be great when this all comes out. Yeah. No, right now he's, like, the secret villain. No one knows he's a villain. Michelle thinks he's the good guy who, like, told her, honestly, about the temperature in the house. The other guys don't know it's him. Like, he's, like, sitting pretty right now, but it's not going to last. But Michelle does reenter, and she tells all the men that accepting a rose means accepting to trust her, and she will do with each of them, which... She doesn't have many options to make sure that she's not keeping guys who allegedly are all talking shit about her and how she's lying to them. She doesn't have any options to ensure that's not happening. So she's like, please just don't accept a rose if you're going to do that. And here we go. Roses go to Nate, Rodney, Martin, Rick, Leroy, Spencer, Casey, Chris G, Malik, Olu, Chris S, Will, Romeo, LT, Clayton, and Peter. Which means going home are Pardeep, Daniel, PJ, and Alex. Not a, Alec. Not a, uh, or Alec. Not a firefighter fan, I guess. Oh, yeah. Both firefighters. Rough, rough showing for yeah. the firefighters. I'm glad that Will and Peter will have more time to really flesh out their feud. We haven't seen the jacket in the pool. We know it's coming. We know it's coming. A lot to look forward to. That and Jamie's inevitable flame out. Because we see a little bit from next week. And it seems like they're going to sniff out the rat. Yeah. The end of this episode is just fully, like, true crime style unsolved mystery. Like, someone knows something. Like, someone (laughs) talked to Michelle. We're just going to have to wait for him to make another mistake and get found out. Martin's totally gonna narc. I gotta say, like, this is, like, a not bad villain. Like, I feel like he's kind of doing things that are, like, a little original for a for a villain. It's not just, like, you know, classic, not here it's for the right good, reasons. It's some good yeah. drama, honestly. Yeah, I, I'm like, all right, all right, Bachelorette. Like, I object to him making Michelle feel terrible about herself, but in terms of originality yeah. and show content, it's, it's yeah, and to have the 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 confidence and the chutzpah to be like, even though I have the rose, I'm just gonna start some shit just like for kicks, I guess. Like no one will assume it was me because why would I do that, right? But like it's gonna be me. This is Very a man who devious. lives his life on the edge, Claire. He, he does. told all of us, and he's just really living by his own mission. And I appreciate that authenticity. Hmm. <laughs> and on on that note, thank you so much for joining us, Stephanie. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. This was a blast. 
And now it's time for Love to See It, Hate to See It. First, love to see it. First, we love to see fifth graders absolutely owning these grown men in the academics department. I mean, it's are you smarter than a fifth grader all over again. Fifth graders are smarter than all of us, and we need to be reminded of that frequently. So thank you to The Bachelorette for your service. They also happen to be better at boundary setting and enforcing. And I really, truly love to see that these fifth graders were just out here for Michelle. And it was delightful. Uh, Next, we love to see Casey actually calling out the dick measuring going on in the house. We need more people in the house identifying toxic masculinity and the ways that these testosterone-fueled, like, aggression explosions just serve no one except for the ego of the man in question. Yeah, just that sweet, sweet mid-30s energy that I (laughs) really love to see. And now it's time for Hate to See It. First, Jamie's really intense heel turn. And honestly, the, the, the most hate to see it part of this was just the lying to Michelle in a way that covered his own ass. And made her feel terrible. Exactly. It was making her insecure in service of covering his ass, which is, is a very kind of self-centered way to handle the concern that he, that he purported to have. Definitely something we hate to see. Next, we hate to see The Peter Show. I would like to change the channel such that at no point is Peter the main character on my television. You mean you don't love a man who tackles other men in pursuit of musical chairs crowns? No, uh, only in football. Only and then tackling is wonderful, and I love it. Then it's it. great, and it's hot, and everyone should do it. Okay, got it. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we also hate to see Peter and Will having a very bizarre macho off, just feet from poor Michelle, who has to listen to them scream at each other about pizza uh, and stuff. Also... They're wearing terrible outfits, so that's an extra ding against them. Yeah, if you're going to start an unnecessary fight with another bro, leave your palm trees at home. Like that. Yeah, just be, be well-dressed. That's not Bare the vibe. minimum. <laughs> Last, we hate to see Michelle already losing confidence and trust in her group on the very first week of dates. This sucks. Michelle should get to enjoy at least, like, one week. One I week know. of her season <laughs> before Let it Michelle goes to live. <laughs> Let her have some joy in this crazy world. We hate to see it. We just hope she can bounce back. And now it's time for our rating. And thank you to everyone who sent us ideas and feedback on our rating. I think that uh, we landed in a place very similar to what we were already thinking, but we are affirmed by everyone else feeling the same way. So we're going to rate this episode by how sportsy it was out of 10 basketballs. And that just feels like the right level of sportsiness to bring to this very sportsy season. It really does. And this episode, very sports heavy. We're going to give this one like an 8.5. Even it's inching towards a nine Mm. out of 10 basketballs. I mean, two of the three dates were sports themed. There was a lot of discussion about coaches, about the place that sports and specifically basketball has in Michelle's life, in Joe's life. 
in the rest of these men's lives because they're all athletes. Even like, the rock climbing date is essentially a sports date, if you think yes, about it. It really, I agree. And even the drama, like, you know, Jamie didn't just say, you are out with a dude. You are out with a baller. He was a baller. Oh yeah, my gosh. It's all in sports terms, but I, I took off 1.25 basketballs because the first date was about education. And you know what? Yeah. We're going to get a 100% sports date, I believe, in this season. I I have faith. And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks so much to our guest, Stephanie McNeil. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please rate five stars and leave us a review. And of course, help us spread the word about our show, especially to your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at clareandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. We might even feature you in an upcoming mailbag. You can also find us on Twitter at love to see it Pod and Instagram at clareandemmapod. And you can find our newsletter on Substack at clareandemma.substack.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Clary Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week for the third installment of Michelle's Journey. I live by routines, but I especially love my same-day delivery routine with Shipped. And my shopper knows this about me. When Sunday rolls around and I place my weekly stock-up order, Joe sends texts from the aisles. Wilted lettuce? Nah, hard pass. Deal on my favorite sparkling water? Whew, grab two. Fresh flowers just because? Hmm, sounds like a delightful idea. If you love routines that work for you, get Shipped same-day delivery. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com slash high. Save big money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Master Force Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Master Force tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.